the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And we are starting up the week, Monday, January the 17th, 2022. And uh, for most people, uh, for many people in the United States of America, today is a holiday. It's a national holiday, and we're going to discuss that momentarily. I will tell you, this is one of the very few times I am in the studio not wearing a suit and tie coming from my day job. Uh, today, everyone in the law firm had a, uh, a, dis- a choice whether they wanted to work from home or come into the office or or not work at all. Um, and I chose uh, the last one, not to work at all. Well, that's not true. I had a couple of phone calls to make, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't really roll up my sleeves. And therefore, um, I didn't do what like my friend Joe Piscopo would do, even when he broadcasts from home, is putting on a suit and a jacket and a tie. And he always looks very handsome. I, right now, am wearing an Alfa Romeo baseball cap. And I am wearing a T-shirt that says Cave Hill Resort. And all I'm going to ask, because people have been asking about how they could contact me, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the email address, arthur at abklawnyc.com, arthur at abklawnyc.com. And if anybody has a story about Alfa Romeos in any aspect of their life, or if anyone has heard of Moody's Connecticut or Cave Hill Resort in Moody's, Connecticut, where Jimmy and Joanne run an unbelievable place where you get to travel into the past with no cell phones. I mean, of course, you could use your cell phone, but no, no, ma- no modern amenities uh, that you would think of when you disappear. And it is so nice to just go somewhere with your family and disconnect because we are all so connected. Um, so I'm dressed down. I hope nobody's offended by that. But on the other side of the, 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 the ledger, on the flip side of the coin, I walked in today, folks, and some of you don't know what Matt Sambolini looks like, but he's normally this big, hairy guy. <laughs> and uh, he's clean, not clean shaven, but he totally tightened up his beard. He basically shaved his head to like a level two on a buzzer, and he looks exceedingly handsome and i'm thinking wow he must have done this because we survived this the, the, the first week jerry crowley said we could come back the second week he knows that joan is doing all this facebook live stuff and twitter live stuff so he's looking good for me but no tell everyone matt why you're all dressed up today today my wife and i are celebrating our sixth wedding anniversary <laughs> so i as flattered as you probably were well, i was i was blown away i was verklempt 
Um, but uh, thank you so much for uh, looking so sharp. And uh, sitting here at the other microphone, now that I guess I earned a another person to help me, uh, young, handsome, bearded man, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course, everybody. This is Nick Malone and uh, Arthur. I'm a pleasure to be a part of the ride. And uh, you know what? We're going to make some great radio magic happen. Well, that's uh, Nick and I have been working together on Thursdays at Kevin McCulley's show. Now he'll be working with Imran on the Kevin McCullough show, and I will uh, be lucky enough to have him every day helping me put a, a, a good show together. And I will tell you, folks, uh, looking at the social media over the weekend, I just want to thank everyone for reaching out and congratulating us and saying, you know, they're enjoying the show. And I just keep asking people, I said, tell us, you know, what you think we could do better. Tell us what you could think we could do better. And and you should do that. And you, most people know how to reach me one way or the other. As I said, the email for this show is Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Uh, many people appreciated my dad's suggestion that you should watch this show, listen to this show with a paper and pen nearby so that anything you hear uh, you can uh, use in some capacity or another. Uh, so why are we dressed down today and why is it a national holiday? Let's take a listen. I have a dream that one day... This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Because I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Now, when you look at our country and all of the national holidays that we have, we just had another one added this past year, Juneteenth. Um, there's only two named after an individual. It used to be when we were kids, there was Lincoln's birthday, which was February 16th, and there was Washington's birthday, which is February 22nd, but I guess everyone wanted more vacation. So now it's like President's Day, and it's a whole a whole week, and so it's not named after one of the presidents. It's all of them uh, are, are covered with that. So it's Martin Luther King and uh, Christopher Columbus. We could do a whole week on Christopher Columbus, um, but today it's Martin Luther King Day, and um, I did some research. I did some um, pre- preparation for the show, as I do every day, and as I promise you, I will continue to do. So I didn't know, actually, he was born Michael King Jr. on January the 15th, 1949. He was a Baptist minister, um, and you know, if you want to summarize what he did, uh, he really was, he put so much pressure on Congress to push Push through the Civil Rights Act in Congress. And for those of you who you know, don't remember what the Civil Rights Act were, was, the first thing that it attacked was voting rights and that people of all colors of his skin were, were, were able to vote. It also attacked segregation. So all those signs you see, colored people only, colored people, water fountain, especially in the South, primarily in the South at that point, he, he, the Civil Rights Act made all of that illegal. And uh, it was Martin Luther King's march on Washington in 1963 that really put him into the the next stratosphere. Uh, He won the Nobel Peace Prize the next year, 1964. And, you know, when you think of American history and you think of the great speeches of all of American history, the ones that kind of roll off your tongue, 
I mean, obviously, Abraham Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation comes to mind. But in in even in the twentieth century, FDR, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. JFK, ask not what your country can do for you; ask what you could do for your country. Ronald Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And even, you know, my favorite Mario Cuomo at the 1984 convention when he does, he electrified the audience with his speech regarding the tale of two cities. But of all of those, I would have to say that I Have a Dream is the one that stands out, uh, is the one that uh, is probably the most often quoted. And doing some research on the actual speech itself, he wrote the speech uh, and there were a quarter of a million people at the Washington Mall, and he started off quoting Abraham Lincoln, quoting the Emancipation Proclamation and the Gettysburg Address, and you know he uses such artful terms like you know it ended the long night of their captivity, but they're still not free. They're crippled by the manacles of segregation and chains of discrimination, and he was reading off the text that he had written, but. Apparently, uh, he wasn't kind of electrifying the crowd the way he had in the past. And a gospel singer who had sang right before him, uh, Mahalia Jackson, she, I'm not going to say she heckled, but she's the one who called out to him and said, tell him about your dream. Tell him about your dream. And apparently in the past, some advisors said, no, don't do the dream speech. It's a little trite. That's the word that in my research I saw. It's a little trite. But he knew he wasn't grabbing the audience. He wasn't connecting with them the way he wanted to. And so he, he launched into the dream speech. And, you know, he quoted the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, July 4th, 1776. He, he sang, and, and not sang, but he quoted from the song, My Country Tisithy, let freedom, let freedom Ring. And that... It was all of his impromptu and his spontaneous words uh, that really lit up the crowd and and what he's known for. And, you know, I think uh, President Biden said something about his assassination did not affect the world the way George Floyd's did. And I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you think you think you really think that uh, 50 years from now, there's going to be a George Floyd holiday uh, let's face it, George Floyd was a, a convicted criminal who was disobeying a policeman's o- o- order. He should be alive today. That's my opinion. And nobody should have been killed that day. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't put him in the same sentence as Martin Luther King Jr. Not in the same sentence. And, and Martin Luther King Jr. was all about peacefulness. That poor man must have been turning over in his grave in Brooklyn, New York. You have two, two lawyers Two lawyers from prestigious law schools and prestigious law firms lighting Molotov cocktails and throwing them at, at police precincts. That is the antithesis of what Martin Luther King was all about. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. It was all about doing things peacefully. He, during the George Floyd riots and breaking windows and stealing things from stores, that was not what Martin Luther King was all about. And that's why, you know, and those of you who don't remember, there was some, I wouldn't say controversy, but a lot of conversation when they decided to make Martin Luther King's birthday a holiday. Um, and I, in retrospect and, and looking at history, I would have to say that was an, a, an excellent move. <sighs> okay. 
So <laughs> with that being said, we have to go to a commercial. But to those of, uh, of us who, are, who study history, um, nobody's perfect, right? Martin Luther King wasn't perfect. John Kennedy wasn't perfect. Uh, Ronald Reagan wasn't perfect. But when you're going to look at people and hold them up as people, we should try to uh, emulize. I'm pretty sure that's the right word. Martin Luther King is a, is a great man to, to try to use his example to make this country the best that it could be. We'll be back right after this message. Connors and Sullivan, folks, planning for the future is important. And you and are, excuse me, are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make these decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. You should have a will. You should have a trust. You, well, you don't have to have a trust, but you should have a will. You, you should have a power of attorney. You definitely should have a health care proxy so someone can make decisions for you if you're sick. And a living will or an estate plan. The goals at, Con- at Connor & Sullivan is to always safeguard you and your estate and all the money that you've earned so hard over the years. They've been helping people for years like you plan their estates and protect their families. 30 years, folks. 30 years. That's actually how long I've been alive. Visit them for no obligation. It's a free consultation. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Even though they wrote those words for me to say, as a lawyer, I can tell you that's 100% true. Call Connors and Sullivan's today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney, either in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, or Staten Island, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Hit it. Matt Sambola to play Jessica today because my buddy Noah was giving me a hard time. I haven't played anything by the brothers all week. He goes, you know, it's got a really long intro. I go, the whole song is an intro. There's, there's no lyrics. Did you not know that, Mr. Sambola? I did not know that. I don't, right. play, I don't get a lot of requests for a lot of Oldman brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, this is going to be a different kind of show, my friend. Uh, whether we like it or not, we'll see if it works or not. Um, I do want to give a big shout out to my brothers at Platinum Mitsubishi. Uh, down in Freehold, New Jersey, they're the one that the ones that make this show possible. I know they were open today. They were pushing out those Mitsubishi's like crazy because that the new one, the Outlander, is gorgeous. Number one, and it's getting unbelievable reviews by Car and Driver and Road and Track and Consumer Reports. In terms of uh, bang for your buck, it really has everything. All of the safety features and all of the luxury comfort features that cars twice, three times the price have. Uh, and, and it's, it looks really good. It's not, you know, it's, it, it'll catch your eye if you're looking for something a little classy. 732-863-2788, platinum platinum-mitsubishi.com. These guys have become like family to me. So if there's something that you guys really need there, just call and, um, tell them that 
Idala sent you, and I'm tr- I'm telling you, you will get the royal treatment. Speaking of royal treatment, uh, I just want to make sure <laughs> I use the right word when I I was speaking of Dr. King, and it should be he's this he's the person you want to emulate because he accomplished things in a proper way. And how about this? Ready for this? In a lawful way. You know, I was, my office on 5th Avenue and uh, 45th Street in Manhattan, I saw so many of these these marches. And it was amazing. These female African-American police officers have to stand there. And the willpower and the self-control that they used when these protesters are in their face, screaming at them, calling them racists, calling them pigs, calling them just horrible names and other really pieces of garbage are going and they're, they're urinating in empty water bottles and throwing them on police officers who the majority of the police officers were people of color. It made no sense. It was horrible. It was just lowlifes. Just, I don't know if they're venting their own personal frustration in life. But uh, to the members of the NYPD who I saw them, my God, did they show self-control. And today's holiday and, and today's tribute to the good works of Martin Luther King were not about calling police officers, especially police officers of color, racists and bigots, et cetera, et cetera. It was about making points with words and a lot of times with love, not with hate and not with destruction. So on the topic of hate, and I, you know, I don't know if, if there's hate involved here. There's, there's mental illness involved here. Michelle Goh, um, a beautiful woman who, by all accounts, it was just a wonderful person, a wonderful citizen. She was uh, working to get her, I believe it was her master's degree. Uh, she was a, a volunteer helping people uh, in her community and I mean, doing nothing wrong in the busiest subway station, maybe in the world, Times Square, and she gets pushed in front of a train and gets killed. <sighs> I mean, you know, so many of us ride the subways every day, and we take it for granted. I mean, I, you know, that that's not going to happen. And the fact that it happened, it's just it's unacceptable. Now, this is a very complex issue. I, the reports are there were six police officers in Times Square at that point. Six. Uh, they don't know if one human being is going to come running after another human being and push him in front of a train. Uh, that's not. Uh, uh, I, that's a type of a situation I believe is uh, is almost. You you can't stop that from happening. It's unpreventable. Uh, as I said, there's six people there. What you can prevent, uh, six officers there. What you can prevent is a bunch of kids coming on and being rowdy or being intimidating, et cetera, et cetera, or a straight up robbery. But some guy who walks around and seeming to be normal, and then as the train comes in, pushes someone, you can't stop that. Now, the sister of the defendant here, uh, he, she is saying that, you know, he was fine until his 30s. And then in his 30s, he, he went off the, the deep end mentally. And she makes some very accurate statements that people don't recognize mental illness the way they recognize other illnesses like cancer and diabetes and heart disease. And I, I agree with her. I agree with her that people minimize that. And, you know, cancer and diabetes 
uh, and those other diseases, heart disease, that, that's only going to kill the individual. That's not going to kill someone else. Mental illness clearly and obviously kills other people. So here's the law. Here's the law. What the sister could have done, what she's allowed to do, because by what she's saying, she has another sister. They're the next of kin. They have the ability to go into a courthouse in the jurisdiction where they live. So if they were in Brooklyn or they were in Manhattan, they could go into the courthouse and go to without a lawyer and go to the mental hygiene part and say, listen, here's my my, my brother is home. He is speaking in a way where I think he's going to hurt himself or someone else. Those are the standards. And those are the standards given to me by retired Judge Mike Pesci, who was the chief administrative judge of Brooklyn and Staten Island, criminal and civil. The guy knows a little bit about what he's talking about. Um, So I checked with him just to make sure I'm always giving you accurate information. So if they went in there and and convinced the judge, now a judge has to believe that the sisters are telling the truth. They can't. Because there are some people, and I'm not saying these sisters, who, but who could be in that position, who are mad at their brother for something, and they go in there and they abuse the system, which happens often with orders of protection, um, but they could go in there and, and not tell the truth. But if a judge finds them credible, the judge then issues a warrant, gives it to a special division of the NYPD, the warrant squad. The warrant squad then would pick him up, and instead of taking him to a prison— would take him in Manhattan, presumably Bellevue, in Brooklyn, Kings County Hospital, where he would then be admitted for observation against his will, just like if they caught him in the middle of an act. And he is typically would be there until a doctor deems him fit to re-enter society. So until a doctor deems him fit not to hurt himself or someone else. And, folks, I was involved in a homicide case three or four years ago. And I will tell you, after I spoke to the individual one time, he it was a very sad case. The nicest guy I've ever maybe hung out with, when I say hung out with, he was a client, but sweet, sweet man. And he had done public service to our community for almost 20 years, helped our community, and one day just walked up to his landlord and shot him in the head and killed him. Like a 40-year-old guy, killed him. And when I'm talking to him, my client, in the jail cell, he was so calm, cool, and collected, so seemingly rational, but saying crazy things like, I know the landlord was trying to kill me, I know he was piping gas through my uh, air conditioning, and there's been, he has TV cameras in my apartment, and he's watching me, and he's looking at me, and things that were even more off the wall than that. Um, but the the manner of his delivery, you would never think there was anything wrong with him except the words were so just just out there. I mean, just they, they were impossible to have been true. Luckily, I was uh, up against a prosecutor who was very open minded. I said, listen, I don't need to hire my expert. This is not going to be a battle of experts. I, you pick what any expert that you want and I will have him sit for an investigation and an evaluation where he's going to admit to the crime. He's going to say that he did it. So he's confessing. There's no issue about whether he did it or not. So you have your doctor, have two doctors, have four doctors evaluate him. And sure enough, they did evaluate him. And they found that 
he uh, was not responsible by reason of mental disease or defect, and um, which is commonly known as the insanity defense. Now, people are like, oh, he's getting off. Nobody's getting off, folks. If you look at the statistics, you you more you spend usually more time in a mental institution on a homicide if you found not liable by reason of mental disease or defect than if you go to trial and lose and you get 25 to life or 22 to life. Because usually, usually you get out your first parole, which is about 20 years, 18 years, 19 years, 20 years, whereas mental disease or defect, they, they can hold you in there for 30 years. The uh, guy who shot President Reagan, he that was what, 1982? He's still, he's allowed to go home every once in a while, but otherwise he's under tremendous observation. We need to tackle the mental illness. And look, Eric Adams campaigned on it. Look, the guy's been in office two weeks, like two weeks. You can't expect him to turn the city. It's not a light switch. Oh, good. We, let's put in a new light bulb and we're going to flick it. And all of a sudden, the, the room is going to be much brighter. We have to give him and his administration and the NYPD some time to uh, implement their strategies like they want to put people out there to interview some of these mentally ill people on the street. And if those people, the scouts will call them, identify mentally ill people and say, hey, this person's going to harm themselves or others, that individual can go to a judge and say, we just met this guy on 42nd Street and 3rd Avenue. He's in bad shape. We need a warrant. Please issue the warrant and we'll get someone off the street in that way. All right, quick break. We'll be back in 20 seconds. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street is closed today in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King. Major businesses skipping big New York trade show. D.C. restaurant kicks out pro-life Democrats. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian health care sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now. And they love it. In fact, MediShare has doubled the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. There will be no activity on Wall Street today. The stock markets and most bond traders are closed in observance of Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. Normal trading resumes tomorrow. What is billed as the retail industry's biggest annual trade show opens Sunday at the New York City Javits Center. But a number of major companies have backed out of attending because of the Omicron variant of the China virus. Target stores and big software firms like SAS have bowed out, even though the trade show will require attendees to wear masks and show proof of vaccination. In Las Vegas, the Sportsman Hunters outdoor trade show known as the SHOT Show opens tomorrow and also will be requiring all attendees to be masked. A group of pro-life Democrats kicked out of a Washington, D.C. restaurant that says it is a, quote, safe space for abortion advocates. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. 35 degrees, we have snow flurries flying around the five boroughs. What's going on? We have the answer. 
Well, there are new calls for fire safety after 17 people were killed in a high-rise in the Bronx over a week ago. Today, Congressman Richie Torres says it was all avoidable and a new fire safety law needs to be put into action. Torres, along with Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, are working on a bill that will require heating sensors in federally funded or regulated public housing buildings. This will allow federal and local housing administrators to view heat levels in real time. Lawmakers say when the heat is low, it entices folks to use dangerous space heaters, which caused the January 9th Bronx fire. An investigation is underway after a fire captain was found dead at his station in Newark, New Jersey. Officials say 49-year-old Carlos Rivera of Sayreville was found at a firehouse on Park Avenue on Saturday. The cause of death will be determined by an autopsy performed by the medical examiner's office. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy will be officially sworn in for his second term this week. He'll be taking the oath of office at the Trenton War Memorial tomorrow. All those attending will be required to be fully vaccinated and boosted, wear masks, and provide a negative COVID test within 24 hours of the event. Murphy was voted into a second term in November after a very close race with Republican Jack Chitterelli. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, coming into the city at the GW Bridge, upstairs and down, really not too bad. Lincoln Tunnel, Holland Tunnel, both easing out under five minutes in both directions. West Side Highway up and down the line, that's a good ride. Still slow on the Harlem River Drive, FDR Drive combination southbound from the 130s down towards 96th Street. In the Bronx, westbound Cross Bronx, low Bronx River Parkway to 3rd Avenue. Eastbound, we're slow coming into the Sheridan. Cloudy skies this evening, clear skies and windy overnight, low 29. Sunshine tomorrow, high 35. Clouds for Wednesday, mild high of 45. Maybe some snow early on Thursday morning, then sun for the afternoon, high 37. Partly sunny cold on Friday with a high of 25. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So I was just corrected, or, or not corrected, because I'm not sure, and I'll defer to my, my two sidekicks over here, Nick and Matt. Is Christmas a holiday named after an individual? I don't believe so. I mean, no. it's about an individual, but my understanding is his name was like Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, but not like Christmas. So yeah, there's no Christopher. I Christmas mean, but right it now. is a holiday where we celebrate one human being, no matter what you believe in. Apparently, Saint we Nicholas we does we, not get his own day. Saint Nicholas does not get his own day. So it's just uh, at least on the Christmas front. Uh, so Christmas, as far as I know, uh, is just a regular day for uh, Jesus' birthday. But I, if I was in court in front of a judge, I think I can make a cogent argument that it is the celebration of one individual that then spawned into, a obviously, a religion. But thank you for bringing that uh, to our attention, Mr. Bowtie. Um, something I read about today, and I want to um, give a big thumbs up to a young man named Giovanni Medeiros. He had a crush on Crystal Nieves, who was the cashier in, in Burger King, who was killed. Um, obviously, if you look at her photograph, she's so pretty. Um, and she told him that she was afraid to walk home at night when she would get off her shift. And Giovanni would go and uh, walk her home every night. And apparently there was... They were just kind of flirting. They weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't think they were intimately involved, at least according to him. And he walked her home every night. And then it's not like when the incident happened, it was the end of her shift. So he's, I hope he's not harboring any guilt. Uh, but 
he, you know, he tried to protect her the best he could when he knew it was, um, it was the way she was the most vulnerable way she was heading home. You know, that, that case still strikes home because, and, and who knows what a mental evaluation of that individual, Winston Glynn, I believe his name is what, what, what his brain is. He's a homeless guy. I'd love to know where he got a gun from. Um, you know, and speaking of guns, and I may have said this before, but one of several reasons why during the Bloomberg administration, crime kept plummeting had to do with the pressure that Mayor Bloomberg put on the five district attorneys regarding gun violence. Uh, you know, when, when Rudy Giuliani came in, crime every year went down, went down, went down, went down. But no one thought it was going to stay that way. How could it keep going lower and lower and lower? Uh, but it did. It did under Ray Kelly and um, and under under Mayor Bloomberg. And one of the reasons was there was a uh, a meeting of the five district attorneys and Mayor Bloomberg at Gracie Mansion, where Mayor Bloomberg didn't live, but he used it as a place to entertain. Although I was lucky enough to go to his residence at least once, maybe twice. Um, I don't blame him for staying at the residence. Uh, that he lived on and right off of Central Park. But Gracie mentioned she's not too shabby either. I've been fortunate enough to be in there and have dinner, have had dinner in there, et cetera, et cetera. But that particular morning, I digress, that particular morning he had breakfast with the five district attorneys, including Mr. Morgenthau, uh, Joe Hines, uh, I believe it was Bob Johnson was there, uh, Dick Brown, former Judge Brown from Queens, and I think it was Dan Donovan was the Staten Island DA. And the the mayor has control over the budget. It's a little complicated of where the money actually comes from, because I believe it's federal, state and city money that all pours in. But I believe the mayor, or at least the way it was told to me, the mayor has a lot of control over each DA's budget. And they all fight. They all lobby when I say fight. They all lobby the mayor, uh, especially Manhattan and Brooklyn over who gets the most money because Brooklyn's got more residents than Manhattan, but Manhattan is Manhattan. Uh, but it's always a battle over who can get the highest funding. But basically what um, Mayor Bloomberg did was he took all five DAs, and I legend has it that, and I spoke to someone in the room, so I got, that's where I got this story from. Um, he told all five of them, I will increase all of your budgets X-fold as long as you promise that anyone who gets caught with an illegal gun gets two years in jail. Two years in jail, no matter who they are. And those five district attorneys gave him uh, their word that that's what he, they were going to do. And if you want to know if that was a fact or not, or if that played a role, Plexico Barris wins the Super Bowl. He is the most popular New Yorker. He catches, after the helmet catch, uh, when the, the Giants looked like they were going to lose, I believe that was a third down play, or maybe it was a fourth down play, and, he, and Tyree catches it on his helmet. And then uh, two or three plays after that, Plexico Barris catches it in the end zone, and they wind up beating the New England Patriots, uh, the Giants do. So now he's the talk of the town, Plexico. He catches the winning right, football in a touchdown in, in the Super Bowl. Like nine months thereafter, he gets he, he's entering a club, a nightclub, and he, there's some sort of metal detector, some sort of check. He takes out the gun and shoots himself. Now, you can argue that that's punishment enough, right? I mean, OK, you're stupid enough to have an illegal weapon. Um, 
Why are you carrying an illegal weapon when you're, when you're plexiglass burst? You want security? You have the money. You have the money. Hire two guys. Hire two off-duty cops, two retired cops, two off-duty secret service agents. I mean, the guy was rolling in dough at that particular point, and his future was so bright. Instead, he decided to take matters into his own hands. I don't know how many threats there were on plexiglass burst, but I can understand there being some fear of when you're just walking around the streets of New York and you, uh, I mean, he's a big guy, he's a very tall guy, uh, so he stands out. Uh, but what he hired one of the best lawyers on the planet Earth, Ben Brofman, who was in the Manhattan, walked into the Manhattan DA's office, and he tried and he tried and he tried, and they would not come off a two-year plea. Now, there was no defense. I mean, he's there's all these witnesses there. It's his gun. He, he takes the gun out of his waistband. He shoots himself. I mean, there's no defense, right? You can't go to trial. So it's really you, you try to go in and you show all the mitigating factors, one of which is, look, he shot himself. He injured himself. This is a professional athlete. Who knows if he'll ever be able to play well again? That's one punishment. And now let's look at all the good that he's done. Well, he's a, a member of this NFL charity, that NFL charity. He can help doing this. And instead of two years, how about a year, which means you basically do eight months, or what's called a six-month split, which means you do four months in prison and five years on probation. And Morgenthau had given his word to Bloomberg that he would give two years. And if there was any case he was going to you know, cut corners on, it was not going to be this case. And Plexico Burris did two years in jail for having an illegal gun. Where did the guy in the Burger King case, where did he get the gun from? Where did he get the gun from? If there's no gun, there's no murder. This is not about having legal guns. This is not an NRA thing. This isn't about your right to bear arms. This is about illegal guns. This is about guns where the serial number is scratched off so that if they find it, uh, if they find a weapon, they can't trace it back to, uh, to the owner or to the purchaser. So if you get the guns off the street, the illegal guns off the street, well, then Crystal's alive today. If you address mental illness, then Michelle is alive today. You know, you can't beat up Eric Adams for being in office 14 days or 17 days and the fact that everything hasn't been turned on his head. You want to say that it's the the crime in the subways is perceived. I believe what he's doing, because he quoted it, he looked right at the statistics, and I think it's one point eight percent of crimes are happening in the subway. So there was a time, not that long ago, it may have even been in the beginning of the De Blasio administration, because you still have the carryover effect from twelve years of Bloomberg and Ray Kelly, which was a tremendous dynamic duo. You were safer statistically, in the subways than out of the subways. In other words, crime was the lowest underground than overground. And de Blasio, you know, for whatever reason, Bill decided to, in um, in reaction to the whole George Floyd situation and Derek Chauvin, listen, we're not middle America. We're not. We're New Yorkers. And the training that our police officers get is superior you can't react and and change things in New York based on what happens in some other state far away from us. So they get rid of the 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 unit that helped all traffic. Uh, I'm sorry, track down all the guns. 
I remember when I was a kid interning for count, uh, city councilman Sal Albanese. There was a guy who we know, uh, John O'Donnell. He was a, a cop. And his job, and it was one of the first time, was he would dry, dress in civilian clothing and act drunk on the subway platform. And then there would be police officers in like a makeshift like a construction area watching. And then they would just see who would go over and, and roll the guy. You know, take his wallet, take his watch. And that they would make arrests. And you know what? You, it, that doesn't achieve an effect in a, in a day or a week or a month. But after a long period of time of arresting these people who are doing these crimes and the crimes of opportunity, well, you know what? Number one, word gets out amongst people who are thieves, whether they're in Rikers Island. But the problem is there's no one in Rikers Island because now they've changed these bail laws to a degree where so few people are eligible for bail. I was recently with a retired judge, a very prestigious retired judge, who said, Artie, if I was still on the bench, I would set bail. I would set bail, let legal aid then go to the appellate division. It'll still take them two, three, four days to get the appellate division to rule. And at least when I go to sleep at night, I'll know for those four days I kept someone off the street. My point overall, folks, is these are complicated issues that aren't going to be solved in two weeks or 17 days. They need to be thought out and implemented. And once you think them through and you have a plan, again, it's not flipping a light switch. It takes a while to put these things into place, we have to give we have to give the Adams administration and the new police commissioner and the new chief of police we have to give them time to get to, to put their new policies into effect. And New York will rise again. That I can promise you. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with our last segment. I'm Jerry Willis, and this is the Fox Business Report. The family of an Amazon delivery driver is suing the shipping giant. He was one of those killed in an Amazon warehouse in Illinois after a tornado outbreak in December. The suit is seeking several million dollars, alleging working conditions were unsafe. An Amazon spokesperson says the warehouse was built to code and managers monitored the worsening weather conditions. Walmart revealed plans to offer cryptocurrencies and non-fungible tokens. That's according to a new filing with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. It's listed under the digital advertising business Walmart Connect and outlines a financial transaction service involving cryptocurrency. And government forecasters say they are expecting the smallest Florida orange crop since World War II this year. That could mean higher OJ prices. On Wall Street, stock trading was closed down due to the Martin Luther King holiday. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Tom Graham, invested in you. Puerto Rico is the new go-to destination for investment opportunities, and Impeller is the new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects seeking capital on the island. Impeller takes the guesswork out of investing in Puerto Rico, surfacing the insights you need to make informed decisions and empower your investment portfolio. Visit investpr.org Impeller and set up your account today to see what the island has to offer. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Powered by Invest Puerto Rico. There's a lot to learn and understand when getting ready to buy a home. Having a right lending team in place who can help is important. The lending experts at Citizens Bank can answer your questions about home borrowing or how to get started with a mortgage pre-approval. Call Citizens Bank at 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender.
Well, she was friends to a lot, a lot of people. That's what happens when you live a great life over 100 years. That was the theme song from Golden Girls, one of the most successful television shows of all time. And, you know, on December the 17th, I uh, I filled in for Joe Piscopo with uh, Al Catullo helping me out. And um, I announced that today it was a big special and a big celebration of her 100th birthday. And she left us about two weeks short. You know, I, I'm the president or the dean, whatever they call me, of the Friars Club. And through that, I've gotten to know um, Betty White's grand niece, Natalie White, who is a uh, a wonderful young woman. And I thought about calling her and asking if she wanted to be on the show. But, you know, you feel a little awkward. I, I don't know her that well to be like, hey, Natalie, I got a new uh, radio show. You want to come on and talk about your aunt now? She may hear this because she tells me she's been listening to the show and say, of course, I'd love to talk about my aunt. But, she, you know, she doesn't have to come on on her birthday to talk about uh, her aunt who would have been her great aunt who would have been 100 years old today. But what a great run. I mean, you know, just a, a great American run. And if you look at the changes that she's seen in her life, you know, from 50 years ago, 70 years ago, what the world was like, automobiles and airplanes and telephones and, and till, you know, she was with it until the very end is my understanding. Uh, the progress that she saw from humankind, human, is that it, humankind? Yeah, humankind. Sounds humankind. Right. All right, thank <laughs> you, Matt. It's like great having Matt here because it's like I got a little, I got what do we call a safety net while I'm walking on the tightrope and make sure I don't mess anything up. Then I have all of you texting me like the words I say wrong. Just so you know, my dad listens to this whole show with a little yellow legal pad. And at the end, I get a call and very sweetly tells me all the mistakes I made. But that's the only way you get better. Uh, speaking of my dad, my dad's dad, Artie Idala, was a very famous boxing judge. And I don't say that lightly because every time I did attendance in high school, college, and law school, and they would say, Arthur Idala, I'd raise my hand. They'd say, you probably don't know this, but there was a really big referee, a boxing judge, blah, 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 blah. And they go on and on. I'd be like, yes, I call him grandpa. Oh, my God, that was your grandfather. Uh, he judged Muhammad Ali's biggest loss when he lost to Joe Frazier on March 8, 1971 at Madison Square. Garden. Today, Muhammad Ali would have been 80 years old. And he obviously was another great American. The day that he lit the torch, I believe was the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, uh, you know, to to pick an American athlete to light the torch. All he went through, the controversy and his uh, conscientious, being a conscientious observer and having the, the guts to sit out, you know, the really, if you look at it, the prime years of his boxing career uh, was, you know, it showed you the, the, the character that he had. He also couldn't be the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he apparently was not very nice to Joe Frazier. And meanwhile, when he was when he lost his belt, Joe Frazier was quietly financing him. So as I said earlier in the show, nobody's perfect. Um, I think some a woman who many people in the Democratic Party think is close to perfect is Michelle Obama. And today is her birthday. And, of course, all the rumors are circulating. Oh, is she going to run for president? Is it going to be Hillary Clinton, et cetera, et cetera? You know, Biden can't run again. It doesn't seem like Harris has what it takes to run for president, even though she's done it already. So to Michelle Obama, happy birthday to you. Jim Carrey is 60. And Steve Harvey, a gifted, gifted individual. Talk about a guy with a sharp wit. Wow. And now he's got a judge show, which... In my opinion, you're giving Stephen Harvey a judge show, Matt. It kind of diminishes all the judge shows, right? I mean, I think so. I mean, the guy can't even properly 
say who the real winners are in pageants. You're going to make them. All right, listen, everybody makes mistakes. I'm sure I'm <clears throat> my father already told me all the mistakes I made this past week. I, that's not why I'm saying that. I'm saying it because he's a comedian. Right. Exactly. Not, you know, if you look at the show Hot Bench, which is a big show for CBS, you have Judge Patricia Domango on there, who was the chief administrative judge of Brooklyn, tried the biggest murder cases and, and, and felonies. You had uh, Judge Mike Corriero, who in Manhattan created the first youth part ever in the United States of America. I believe it was anyone under 17 or 16 where he would give kids individual, really individual attention so that we don't just throw kids who maybe did something horrible like stole a car or held someone up. You don't just throw them into Rikers Island and waste a life and would put them into some form of a rehabilitation center. These are really great judges who in the later part of their career went on these judge shows. Even Judge Judy was a real judge. You put Steve Harvey on as a judge. I mean, as long as they, I haven't seen the promos for it, but as long as they take it, it's not being put out there as a real, uh, as a real judge show. Then, then, then we're all right. Um, it's Restaurant Week here in New York City, and for those of you like me who have had the coronavirus or the COVID or whatever you want to call it, the crud. Um, and you could get out, get out, go, get out. I mean, I don't want to sound like uh, an Eric Adams cheerleader, but I am, so I might as well, I am what I am. Name that tune in the Broadway show it's from. Um, Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. I am what I am. N- name the tune. Um, you, the restaurants need help. Broadway needs help. Broadway is buy two tickets, get one free. I don't believe it is for every show. Probably not for Hamilton, but for many of them, it is. The Broadway theaters are suffering because of this whole new wave that, you know, they, they got crushed for Christmas. So they're they're making accommodations. Their accommodations are, okay, buy two, one, two full price tickets and we'll give you a third one for free. The restaurants, they have deals from like, I think it's $39, 50, $29, $39, $59. But to so like great restaurants, Tavern on the Green. Like, like iconic New York restaurants, and I believe it's for lunch and for dinner. So it, it's it's a good time to take advantage of New York City. To be honest with you, there are no, there aren't that many tourists here right now, and there's so many times us New Yorkers struggle to get into these restaurants and struggle to get into these shows. Now is your time. It's January. Um, there's not really a lot to do outside. So what are some nice things to do inside? Go to a Broadway show. Go to a great restaurant. You know, I went to um, Italy in the very beginning of the summer, like June, July. And the cool part was there really weren't a lot of tourists. Um, so I was able to do things that normally you, you wait online for two hours. And I, this time in, in whatever it was, seven months ago, I didn't have to wait online at all. It's the same thing in New York City right now. You go to the top of the Empire State Building. It's awesome. If you haven't been there, it is fantastic. It, it never gets old for me. I love going to the top of the Empire State Building. I love taking my kids there. I love taking Marion and I went on a date there after we saw a Broadway show. Um, so I love New York. It sounds like I'm doing a press conference for I love New York, but I do love New York. Um, the weekend was spent in with my family, especially my sister-in-law, Dr. Christine Haynes, who you heard me speak uh, about, oh, who was interviewed uh, on Tuesday with us, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, you know, some of the football games were total blowouts. 
Um, my son Luca is rooting. He, he's been rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game was a bust. My buddy Chuck roots for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Tom Brady made them look silly. Um, but boy, that Dallas San Francisco game was talk about coming down to the last second. And uh, look, the rules are what the rules are. I was not too happy that the fans were throwing bottles and whatever debris that they had um, at the the referees as they were walking and the umpires as they were walking off the field. They really didn't do anything wrong. The, the quarterback, number one, made a very strategic decision to run the ball with no timeouts. And I think it was 14 seconds left. He had a great run, but then now you have no timeouts. You're not out of bounds. And the, the rule is the ump has to touch the ball at, to put it into play. And instead, the, instead of the, the quarterback giving the, the official the ball, he gave it to his center. The center and the, and the quarterback aren't allowed to start play. They have to, and, and if you look at the video, it's not that the, uh, the ref is sprinting, but he's not walking either. I mean, he's running at a pretty good clip to try to get the ball and start play, and time ran out, and boy, these guys got crucified. Let's face it, Dallas Cowboy fans, you're home, you're favored, you're against this, the, you, you should not be in that position where, you know, you, you got to throw, not a Hail Mary, but a long pass uh, with one second left, so... Let's uh, point fingers, you know, as Dire Straits say, when you when your plan falls through, when you point your finger because your plan falls through, you got three more fingers pointed back at you. So you're pointing one at the refs, but you got three more pointed back at you. Sorry, Dallas, you should have been in a better position to win at the end of the game. Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets, he's out for at least a month and not a little bit more. There's that whole situation with Kyrie Irving. Can he, when can he play? The, the coronavirus, the vaccine. He can play on the road. He can't play at home. But if he pays all these fines, he can, can play at home. But they haven't been paying the fines for him to pay at home. So there's got to be something more to that. And Djokovic gets thrown out of Australia, gets thrown out of the Australian Open. I will tell you this. If I'm the prime minister of Australia, I understand the rules apply to everyone. But, you know, we pardon people who are on death row. We pardon people for all kinds of crimes and things that are worse than not taking a vaccine. If I'm the prime minister, I'd say, listen, this is a world-class athlete. He's number one in his field. If he and his trainers have said, you know, the vaccine is too rough around him, I am going to make the exception and allow him to play under these XYZ conditions. Everyone sometimes, and think about the money they just lost. I'm the prime minister. I'm, my job is to bring in money. That's one of my things. So you could disagree with me. Disagree with me at Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Call me. Write me. Call the law office if you want to. But Danito will get mad at me for saying that because then the phones will blow up. We will be back tomorrow. I'll be all dressed up in a suit and tie. And who knows what Matt Sambolino looked like. Happy anniversary, Matt. See you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.